By following the principles of the Varnashram Dharma, one attains a better position in the material world. One may be rich, learned, beautiful, or high-born. One who has all these assets should know that they are all meant for the advancement of Krishna consciousness. Unfortunately, when a person is misguided, he misuses his higher position for sense gratification. Therefore, the uncontrolled senses are considered plunderers. The good position one attains by executing religious principles is wasted as the plundering senses take it away. By executing religious principles under the laws of Varnashram Dharma, one is placed in a comfortable position. One may very easily use his assets for the further advancement of Krishna consciousness. One should understand that the wealth and opportunity one gets in the material world should not be squandered in sense gratification. They are meant for the advancement of Krishna consciousness. This Krishna consciousness movement is therefore teaching people to control the mind and five knowledge-acquiring senses by a definite process. One should practice a little austerity and not spend money on anything other than the regulative life of devotional service. The senses demand that one see beautiful things. Therefore, money should be spent for decorating the deity in the temple. Similarly, the tongue has to taste good food, which should be bought and offered to the deity. The nose can be utilized in smelling the flowers offered to the deity, and the hearing can be utilized by listening to the vibration of the Hare Krishna mantra. In this way, the senses can be regulated and utilized to advance Krishna consciousness. Thus, a good position might not be spoiled by material sense gratification in the form of illicit sex, meat-eating, intoxication, and gambling. One spoils an opulent position in the material world by driving cars, spending time in nightclubs, or tasting abominable food in restaurants. In these ways, the pondering senses take away all the assets the conditioned soul has acquired with great difficulty. Om Ajnanati Mirandasya Ajnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militanjena Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharane Nirvishesha Shanyavadi Paschatyade Shatarane He Guru Gyanadadi Nabandho Swananda Data Kurunai Kisindho Vindavanasina Itavatara Prasida Radha Pranepachara Nama Shishtam Manomati Sachiputra Matra Sarupam Rupam Tasyagaja Muripurimaturim Goshtavatim Radha Kundam Girivaram Maho Radhika Madhavasam Prapto Yasya Pratita Kripaya Shri Gurum Tam Natasmi Vande Nantad Bhutashwayam Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nichopi Yat Prasadat Sad Bhakti Shastra Pavartaka Nityananda Maham Nomi Sarvananda Karamparam Harinama Padam Devam Avaduta Shiromanim Vindai Tulsidibhai Priyaya Keshavasya Krishna Bhakti Pradidevi Satyavachai Namonama Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Bansha Kopati Vishya Kripa Sindhu Vyeva Chapati Tanam Pavani Vyo Vaishnavito Namonama In this purport, in the verse also, it's mentioned that the senses are plunderers. Plundering means they're like dacoits. They take everything away from you. They don't ask. <laughs> it's not like they politely ask, Hey, my dear sir, may I please have, please give me your wallet? No, they, 
They push a knife in your face, a gun in your face, and give it to me. They take it forcibly from you. This is a plunderer. So in this verse and purport, our senses are described as plunderers. So we, we should understand what are senses. If Can you weigh and quantify what is sight or, or touch, smell, taste? How much does taste weigh? Can you put taste in a box? Can you, does it have dimension? It doesn't have any material characteristics that were controlled by these senses. And there's a method to control. First thing is to understand what they are, actually. Because we take it for granted. For example, when we're eating something, we say, Sharira abiddhijao jotindriya tahiko. So Jotendriya Tahiko, Prabhupada said Tahiko means black snake. The black snake of our senses grabs us and drags us into material life. That Krishna Bharadvayamoy Kodi Bhari Jeepajoy, that he's given this nice Krishna Prasadam. Why? To engage our sense of taste. When we're eating, we tend to be very absorbed in the sense of tasting and the sensation of texture in our mouth, sweet or sour or pungent or salty. And we're enjoying different rasas or different tastes in our mouth. And we forget what's actually going on, which is we're feeding our body. If we don't feed our body, we die. We have to eat. But mostly we eat for sensual pleasure instead of... We, we live to eat instead of eat to live. Or one devotee joked, there are two types of persons. One is bhajananda sadhu was absorbed in bhajan, chanting the holy name. And another person, bhojanananda swadu, was simply absorbed in the taste and the act of eating. Eating means we put something in our mouth, we chew, some saliva comes out, which is like a pre-digestive phase of digestion. We swallow, it goes down our esophagus, passes the esophageal sphincter, it keeps food in our stomach so it doesn't come back out. And acids start coming to digest the food, to turn carbohydrates into sugar. There's a huge complex chemical reaction going on in our stomach. But what are we thinking? Wow, this tastes good. This tastes good. We're absorbed in sensual gratification. This is our disease. Yet we don't, we're not able to separate our consciousness from what's actually happening. You know, we hear many things. We hear beautiful music. We may hear a jackhammer that rattles our nerves. We may hear someone crying that invokes compassion. Our senses drag us, but it's all a big illusion. For example, if you go, uh, I mean, devotees, we usually generally don't waste time in movie theater, but you, I think most of us, I've also been to movie theaters. Sometimes you go and you look around and people are crying or they're very fearful. They're sitting in their chair looking at the screen and tears are coming out of their eyes. Why? This is illusion. What is happening? There's light being projected onto a screen which portrays hired actors who are pretending to be in love or they're pretending to try and kill each other or they're pretending to flee from a ghost or some drama is occurring on the screen enacted by paid actors. It's not really happening. And it's only light on the screen and sound. And the sound becomes very dramatic or it becomes very soft and romantic or it becomes very emotional and people start crying. Oh, he loved her so much. What is actually happening? Nothing. It's just light and sound. But it affects our mind. 
And people come out of the movie theater, wow, that was a great movie. It was a great, it made me cry. It was a great movie. Or it was such a great action movie. I mean, nothing is actually happening. There's no exploding helicopter. There's, no one's actually dying. No one's actually in love. It's all an illusion. So this life is something like that. And we live our life through our senses, through our sense of sight, through our sense of touch, through our sense of taste, smell. And we navigate our existence in this way. So unless we are able to define what our senses are and what they're meant for, then we're dragged again and again into material life. What is the perfection? What does bhakti mean? Sarva upadi muktam nirmalam sevanam bhakti uchite. Bhakti begins by becoming free from upadis, designations. And when we're able to identify ourselves as pure spirit, having nothing to do with our body, nothing to do with our mind, and nothing to do with our senses. This is called self-realization. And until we've come to that stage, we're still wrapped up in the sensual experience of life. We like beautiful music, but we don't like crass, nerve-jangling music. We like tasty food, not bland food. We like comfortable bed, don't like the hard floor. We live our life just trying to gratify senses. But in this, in this way, our life in this verse describes, is plundered. And what are they taking away? A plunderer steals something. He removes something valuable from you. He steals something from you that is important, that has value. And what is the most valuable thing? The most valuable thing is our Krishna consciousness. The human life, yam lab dvas chaparam labam. No, this, uh, not this verse. Uh, anyway, this Bhagavatam describes that this life, this human form of life, this whole life is meant to cross the ocean of material existence, Baba Sindhu, the ocean of repeated birth and death. And this human form of life, human life is very, very rare. There's 8,400,000 species of life. And most of the species of life, just in Ganga, Ganga is like, five-minute walk from here. There's billions of living beings just in Ganga. And this is just one river in this, this, this beautiful country, India. There's millions of rivers. There's millions of universes. There's millions of rivers and innumerable living beings. Somehow amongst all of those, we've received this gift of a human form of life that is specifically meant for self-realization. This is the most rare thing. So what takes away the value of human life because human life is meant for what? The first sutra, Vedanta Sutra says, Atato Brahma Jigyasa. That now, Atato, Ataha, now is the time for what? To, for for self-realization. To understand who we are. What is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? I'm here. I'm experiencing different sensual inputs. The breeze, the light, the sound, the texture of different things. We're experiencing the world, but why? Most people never ask. They never ask, why am I here? And what is the purpose of my life? Why did I take, why was I born? What is the purpose of my life? Most people never even ask. Walk up to any guy on the street, Mr. Mr. Guy on the street. Say, excuse me, sir. What is the purpose of your life? 
who are you? Why are you here? The thing. You're crazy. Get out of my face. What's wrong with you? You're crazy, man. So what is crazy, what is inappropriate, what is inconceivable to the ordinary person is the most important question for a spiritualist. Atato, Brahma Jagyasa. That now is the time in the human form of life to understand who I am. Why I was born in this material world. Why I am suffering. And how can I stop it? But if we become absorbed in sensual life, then senses become plunderers. They steal everything from us. They steal the value of the human form of life. Human life is meant for self-realization. It's not meant for the animal form of life. Bhagavatam says, Nayam deho deha bhajam riloke kashtan karman arhati didbujam ye that the animals enjoy the, the uh, stool-eating animals enjoy all the same pleasures of a human being. They eat, they enjoy sexual reunion, they sleep, they defend themselves. They do all the things that, that human beings do. Human beings do all the same thing. But if an, a human being doesn't inquire into the nature of the self, then how is he different? Bhagavatam asks a rhetorical question. Tarabakim najivanti bhastrakim swasutantraha nakadanti namehanti kim grame pashavopare. It says, don't, the, don't the, the trees live? The trees are alive. They're living also. The, don't the bellows of the blacksmith also breathe? And don't the beasts discharge semen and create progeny? They're, they're doing all of those things. So if a human being focuses his life on these things, he's wasted his life. Human life is meant to f- solve the problems of life. What are those problems? Janma mrityu jarabhyadhi dukadusha anudarshanam Anudarshanam means we should understand what our situation is. We've fallen into this horrible world of birth and death. But because we're enjoying little sense gratification, we think, it's not so bad. Chaitanya Charitamrita tells a story about a man who's running across a field being chased by a tiger. It's like, oh, I'm going to the tiger's going to get He's running, running, running. Boom! He falls into a blind well an abandoned well covered by grass. He can't see it. He's so afraid of the tiger behind him. He falls in a blind well. He's falling down, down, down. There's water in the bottom. He's going to drown. There's tiger at the top. But there's a, a branch, a root hanging out. He grabs the root. Oh, my life is saved. Then he looks. On that branch, there's a bee's nest, hornet's nest, and they're coming on and stinging him. The tiger's above. Sure, death by drowning is below. The bees are stinging him, but some honey, <laughs> some honey is coming out of the nest and he's tasting, oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. So people take it in this way because they have some sense gratification, some, some small uh, facility to enjoy senses. They ignore the real problems of life that we can't stay here, that I have to die either today or tomorrow in five years and 50 years but death is certain. We, no one can check it. This is the law of material nature. We can't stay here. It's dukalayam ashashvatam. Ashashvat means 
is temporary. We can't stay. No matter how advanced we become in material science, we cannot deny, we can't oppose or con controvert the laws of material nature. Man is mortal. We have to meet our death. We can't stay in our body. It decomposes. Our body is actually is in a continual state of decomposition. So it's a ducalium, this affront with different types of miseries, and it's temporary. So how to make a solution? The solution is to use our senses in the service of the Lord. To use the same senses, sarvupad, ivinirmuktam, tatpartana, nirmalam, to purify our senses, and vishikesha, vishikena, sevanam, vishikena, vishikesha, sevanam, bhakti uchate. Bhakti means we don't deny the senses. We have to eat something. So eat Krishna prasadam, delicious food. Prabhupada said, just like the servant of the king enjoys in the same standard of sensual happiness as the king. The only difference is he's the king and I'm the servant. We, they prepare delicious food. They offer it to the king. When the king is through eating, the servants eat the same food. They live in the palace. They're protected. Their army is there protected. They have all the facility, all the benefit of kingly life because they're servants. So devotional life is something like that. We offer most delicious, nutritious, palatable foodstuff for the pleasure of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And we're so fortunate we get to eat that that not only maintains our physical body but purifies our consciousness because this prasadam is not different from Krishna. It's tasted by the Lord. And it has a purifying effect on our consciousness. Therefore, Prabhupada recommended distribute prasadam, distribute holy name, engage people's senses in Krishna consciousness. Engage our senses in Krishna consciousness. This is basically how we preach Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada said by cultural presentation, everyone loves to eat. Who doesn't love to eat? All the animals love to eat, the human beings, the devatas, the worm and stool, he loves to eat. Everyone loves to eat. So we distribute delicious food. Everyone loves to hear good music, drama, art, music, food. This is the way, Prabhupada said, cultural presentation to engage people's senses in Krishna consciousness because senses are a juncture. You lean this way and you go to hell. Material life, anything, just whatever pleases, just do it. Whatever pleases, drugs, just do it. Illicit sex, illegitimate relationships, loose relationships, living relationships, just do it. it. feels good, just do it. If it feels good to be drunk, then just drink all, eat meat, never mind the suffering of the animal. It, it tastes good in your mouth, just eat it. This is life for a hellborn person, hell, a person whose destiny is hell. But if we use those same senses, exactly the same senses in Krishna's service, for example, eating. Everyone is eating. If we don't eat, then we die. So by investment of a few minutes, and we should teach this in the world. This is part and parcel of our preaching strategy. To teach people, you have to cook every day. You're going to cook in Krishna consciousness or outside of Krishna consciousness. You will cook. So invest 15 minutes of your life. Buy one plate that no one else eats on. And whatever you cook, you put on a plate. And you put it before the picture of Lord Krishna and his pure devotee. And you ring a bell and you bow down and you say, this is yours. My dear Lord, these are your foodstuffs. I can't create an apple. 
I can't, I can't create a potato, an orange. And you ring the bell and say, you please take this, you please enjoy this. Patum pushvam palam potoyam yome bhaktya parechtati. Tadaham bhakti paratam. Ashnami, Krishna says, Ashnami, I will eat that if it's offered with devotion. So if we can teach people the simple thing of offering food, they automatically make progress in their life by doing what they do every day anyway, by eating. And by investing a few minutes' time, we get such an incredible benefit. Everybody wants benefit. People invest in the stock market, in stocks and bonds, and money market, and so many things, and real estate, because they expect some benefit back. But we get inestimable benefit by just investing a few minutes' time every day by offering the food we eat to Krishna. And indeed, he says, offer everything. Next verse says, Yat Kurushi, Yat Ashnasi, Yastahosi, Danasi, Yat, Yat Tapasasi, Kuntea, Mat Kurusha, Madarpanam. Whatever you do, whenever you eat, whenever you offer or give away, whenever you offer and sacrifice, whatever austerity you do, Madarpanam, offer it to me. And what is the benefit of that? Next verse says, Shubha, Shubha, Palarivam, Moksha, Sekaram, Abandanai, Sanyasi, Yoga, Yuktatma, Bimokto, Maam, Upaishasi. We get the best, the highest benefit just by living our life in this way, using our senses in the Lord's service in this way. Shubha, Shubha, Palarivam, we become free from Shubha and Ashub, from auspicious and inauspicious. Moksha, Sekaram, Abandanai, we become free from the reactions to karma. Sanyasa yoga yuktatma, this is real yoga. Vimokto maam, you become liberated, and maam upaishas, we go back to Godhead. It's such a simple thing. Just engaging our senses in Krishna's service. If we engage them, if we allow our senses to run wild, then they are, as is described in this verse, plunderers, and they'll make us suffer. But the illusion of material life is that we think we will be happy by sense gratification. And this is life's greatest illusion that has that thrown us again and again, over and over and over again into material life, taking another birth as a demigod, as a human being, as a rakshasa, as a worm, as a brahmin, as a bird, as a horse. Over and over again, life after life, trying to do the same thing. Sansparsha bhog. But this is, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, this is the cause of our unhappiness. Yehi sansparasa jamboga, dukta yonaya evite ajanta vanta konteya, nateshu ramate buddha. It says, what, is, what makes us unhappy? Dukta yoni, where does our unhappiness come from? Where is it born? Sansparasa bhog. Trying to enjoy our senses. Ajanta vanta konteya. Did that happiness, the sensual happiness, has its beginning and it has its end. Therefore, Nateshu Ramate Buddha, an intelligent person, understands what it is and he doesn't take part in it. Think for a moment. Your favorite food. Let's say you love pizza and you start craving pizza. And uh, you go to the kitchen, you roll out the dough and you thread the cheese and you make a big delicious pizza with lots of veggies and cheese and you cook it and you offer it to Krishna. And when you first Eat that pizza, you think, oh, now I've gone to Swarga. I'm in heaven eating this delicious food, pizza. And we're doing like Abhishek to our tongue. We're, we're forgetting it's actually going to our stomach. We have to digest it because we're so absorbed in taste 
in the sensual experience of tasting the texture, the juice, the tomato sauce, the vegetables. We get so absorbed in that we forget. I'm feeding my body. This is to maintain my body. So I have the first piece and, it's, and I say, I'm, this is so delicious, I'll have another. And you eat a second piece. It's not quite as good as the first piece. And when you're done with the second, I'll have a third. And by the time you're done with the third piece, no more, I can't eat more. So after you're through eating pizza, what is left of the experience? Nothing. It's gone. It's just a memory. A few minutes ago, I was eating delicious food. Now, I can't eat more. Every sensual experience, regardless of what it is, any sensual experience has its beginning and it has its end. And Krishna says, it's his source of misery. Dukkha yonaya. It can't make us happy. But we've been doing the same thing over and over and over again. So what to do? The solutions to this the solution to the problem of sense gratification, attachment to sense gratification, is devotional service. In the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, it says, Dharena Yavaram Karma Buddhi Yagan Dhananjaya Buddha Sanam Andishya Kripana Palahitava. They cast away all fruit of activity. Another fruit of activity means for me, for my bank balance for my prestige, for my glory, for my senses, for my home, for my family. This is all called fruitive activity, where Krishna is not involved. So how to throw that away? Durena means at a far distance. Durena, hyabaram karma, means this materialistic activity of, of self-absorption. I, me, mine. This demoniac self-absorption without a relationship with God, and those activities, Hyavaram karma, karma that drags us down to a hellish existence. How? Buddhiyogam, by devotional service. Only a kripana is attached to the fruits of his labor. Devotee also is working. Devotee also uses his senses, but the fruit, the fall of his activity, he engages in Krishna's service. We don't stop acting. We're not interested. We're not idle meditators sitting in a cave somewhere. I won't see anything. I won't touch anything. I won't taste anything. I won't go anywhere. I won't work. I won't do anything. This isn't life of sannyas, a life of devotional service. Krishna says in the first verse, sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, what is that? That anyway, he says that one who performs his activity as he's obliged, karyam karma karochita, yasa sanyasi yogi cha nanyaragni nichakriya. That someone who performs his karyam karma, his obligatory work without attachment, that he's real yogi, not someone who lights no fire and performs no work. This is what people think sanyas means. That you stop working, you stop living, you, you stop working in the material, and then you become Narayan. And the Maya bodies address each other, Om Namo Narayanaya, Om Namo Narayan. Because they're not working, <laughs> you become God, because you cease karma. You can't stop karma. This is, this is an illusion. Krishna says, Nahi kasya chanamapi chit datu tishtatya karma krit 
karyate yavashakarma sarva prakritir jaya gunai. You can't stop action even for a moment. Your senses, by the influence of the modes of material nature, will always be engaged in doing something. So our proposition is to use your senses. Don't be plundered by your senses. Don't be dragged down by your senses. Use your senses in the service of the Lord. And, and know what they're doing, how, how to tame the senses, how to engage them. How to give the highest happiness to the mind and senses. Gita recommends. By getting higher taste in life. There's no higher taste than the happiness of Krishna Bhakti. If someone offers you, said, okay, let's go take a Sunday feast prasadam. And you go to the Sunday feast and someone says, well, here's a, a plate of Sunday feast prasadam from last week. And here's a plate of Sunday feast prasadam that was prepared an hour ago. Is there any question what you will eat? You'll take that which is most nutritious, that which is most satisfying. There is no greatest, greater happiness for the mind and senses and the soul, the heart, the, the atma, than to be engaged in Krishna service. If we taste that, we'll leave aside all other types of sensual engagements and use our senses in Krishna's service. <coughs> and this is the solution. But before we get that taste, what to do? Krishna also gives a very nice example in Bhagavad Gita. He said, Apuryamanamachala pratishtam samudramapa pravishanti tadvat tadvat kamayam pravishanti sarve sashantimapnoti nakamakami. He says that being Krishna conscious doesn't mean that you won't stop having material desires. He said, just like the rivers enter into the ocean, but the ocean never exceeds its boundary. Mississippi River is going in, Nile River, Ganga, all big, huge rivers, Thames, all huge rivers are pouring billions of gallons of water into the ocean, but the ocean never exceeds its limit. So Krishna gives this example. He says that someone who acknowledges, okay, this desire is there, but I don't need to act on it. So he can be happy, not someone who tries to satisfy those desires. So these are tips given by the Lord in Bhagavad Gita how to control the mind. And this is, and actually, this is getting to the point. This is the real problem. Why do the senses want engagement? Because of the mind. In uh, Third, the end of third chapter, Bhagavad Gita. It, 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 very, some very important verses are there explaining what is the mind's relationship with the senses and body. There it said, Indriyani puranyahur indriyabhya paramana manasastu parambuja yobude paratastusa. It says, above the senses is the mind, or above this gross material body is the, are the senses. Gross bodily, we can put it on a scale, we can photograph it, we can see it in a mirror, we can look at it. This is a gross material body, blood, skin, bones, hair, fat. This is my body. We can measure it. But more subtle than this body are the senses. Indriyani paranyahur indriyabhya paramana. Above the body are the senses. Senses means I can see, I can touch, I can taste, I can feel. All our senses, five senses are there. Indriyani paramana, above the Subtle senses, our, sen our, our working senses, our, our knowledge-acquiring senses, jnanendriyas, 
is the mind. Indriyani paramana. Above that is the mind. And above the mind is what? The, self, the intelligence. And above the intelligence is what? The self proper. Therefore, in the next verse, Lord says, Evam buddhe param buddha samstabhyatmana bat atmana jahishatam mahabaho de kamarupa durasadam. That knowing oneself to be transcendental to intelligence, mind, senses, and body, one should control the lower self by the higher self, thus remain fixed in consciousness. These are very important verses to understand. This is jnana. Jnana is also very helpful. It can't give you bhakti. Jnana cannot produce bhakti. But it points us in the right direction. It points us in the direction away from the illusion of the material world. But jnana cannot give you bhakti. Just like if you want to cut a mango. You take a mango, you wash it, and you take a knife and you peel the mango. Then you cut it from the pit, and you cut it into pieces. Then you offer the mango, you take mango prasad. But you don't eat the knife. You eat the mango. But the knife was instrumental towards getting that mango in your mouth. So jnana is something like that. It's instrumental. It helps us understand what our condition is in this material world. So Krishna is giving very important information here. Above this gross material body are our senses. Above the senses, the mind. And this is the whole problem in life, is our mind. Chanchalam himana krishna pramati balavadadham tasyaham nigraham manye vayar eva sadushkaram. Arjuna told Krishna that my mind is obstinate, difficult to control, more difficult to control than the wind. And where does, how does, where does sensual engagement begin? It begins with the mind. Jayato vishayan pumsa sangasteshu pajayate sangat sanjayate kama. Krishna describes the process. You begin thinking about something. Jayataha. You start thinking about that pizza. I want to eat pizza. <laughs> but who is eating pizza? Is your soul eating pizza? Or is it your mind and senses? And the, using your intellect, how to figure out how to do it. How to make the sauce tasty. How to cook at the right temperature. How to roll the dough. How to put it all together. That's the intelligence. And the mind is the central feature trying to en enjoy through the senses. I want to taste something. This is the mind. So if one can understand the mind to be higher than the senses and intelligence higher than the mind, intelligent. You can turn your microphone off, Prabhuji. <coughs> microphone off, please. So if one understands the intelligence to be higher than the mind, we can control the mind. Because the mind will present the most insane things. It will suggest most insane, impractical, sinful things even. But with intelligence you go, no, you cannot do that. You can suggest whatever you want, but no, we're not doing that. So if one can control the mind, jahi shatum, we, we conquer this enemy, we conquer the plunderers that drag us into material life. Otherwise, our mind and senses become plunderers. So controlling the senses really means to control the mind. If the mind is uncontrolled, forget it. You can't control your senses. The senses aren't controlled independently. They're controlled when the mind is engaged. Therefore, Govinda Das would sing, Bajuhu Re Mana Shri Nandanandana Abhaya Charana Arvindare. 
that my dear mind, he's praying to his mind, my dear mind, the Krishna, Sri Nanda Nandana, the son of Nanda Marsh is so nice. He's so beautiful. He's so kind. He's so powerful. He's so charming. He's so merciful. Please worship Sri Nanda Nandana, Krishna. And if we get this taste of worshiping Krishna, if our mind is absorbed in Krishna as he asks us to absorb it, manmana bhava madbhakto madhyaji mam namas, that you become my devotee. Worship me. Offer your obeisances to me. If we engage our mind in this way, then our mind is our best friend. If our mind is uncontrolled, then it's our worst enemy. Bhagavatam says, Yes, yes, ti bhakti bhagavati kinchana sabarguna stata samasate sara harava bhakta sikutoma hadguna mano ratena asatu dhavato bihi. Very devotee, because his mind is fixed in the Lord, develops all the good qualities of the demigods. Because he's one, he uses his mind and senses in Krishna's service. But a non-devotee is dragged on the chariot mano ratena asato dhavato bihi. His mind, the chariot of his mind, drags him into material life over and over and over again. So our solution is this, to engage our mind and senses in Krishna's service. Because if we don't do that, then what is, what is the hope of, of Krishna consciousness? Because being Krishna conscious is a whole other thing. Actually learning to, to love Krishna, not in a sentimental way, but to experience actual melting of our heart and affection for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because we don't want just to, to know God, Jnana, or to worship Him, Archana. We want to love God. The, the process of hearing about Him is the process of bhakti. The process of worshiping Him, puja, Archana, is process of, of pleasing Him. But ultimate goal of all of that is to love Krishna. Because he's controlled by love. He's not controlled by jnana. He says in Bahunam Janmanam Jnana Vamam Prapadjati that after many lifetimes of practicing jnana, one may not be successful. But if he is successful, what, is his, what does he do? Jnana Vamam Prapadjati, Krishna says. After many lifetimes of practicing yoga and, and jnana, someone who is successful, who understands Things as they are. What does he do? Mam prapadjate. He surrenders to me. Vasudeva sarvamati samahatma sadurlava. So devotee. He's practicing bhakti. Who wants to make Krishna his beloved. Who wants to go back to Krishna and serve Krishna eternally. In the rapture of love. He's described by Krishna. Sudurlava mahatma. Most rare. Great soul. <coughs> So this is our objective. It's our objective and it's the solution to our problem. Because if we can taste that, if we can taste the nectar of Krishna consciousness, being plundered by our senses is it's a small thing. Probably would say if you have a hundred dollars in your pocket, all your one dollar problems are solved. So being plundered by our senses is a one dollar problem. If we're taking shelter of Krishna, if we're experiencing, if we're tasting the nectar of Krishna consciousness. So this is the only solution to the problem. Now, before I uh, end here, I, I was just reading some prayers written by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Srila Prabhupada said, all Iskandavadis are 
Bhaktivinoda Pariwar, were the family of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And he wrote most extraordinary bhajans. Even if we don't know how to sing these bhajans, if we just read them, they're so instructive. So I came across this one. I thought, this is so nectarian. I want to read this for class. So we can go through this. There's some very uh, interesting and powerful instructions from Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who wrote this as a bhajan, giving me highest truths in the simple form of Bengali song, Bengali bhajan. And Srila Prabhupada said in Denver, Colorado, he sang this song, Bhajahu Remana. And then from the Vyasas, and he said that these songs of our Acharyas, Naratam Das Thakur, Govinda Das, Lochan Das Thakur, Bhakti Vinod, that these songs are as good as the Vedas, as good as the Vedas, as good as the Vedas. So listen very carefully. This is a very instructive song, translation of Bengali song written by Srila Bhakti Minod Thakur. He sprang to his mind. He said, my dear mind, kindly cease from your endeavors to supply artificial so-called pleasures to the material body. Again, this is our whole problem. Our mind is trying to engage our senses for the, in this, for the sake of pleasure of the material body. This body does not belong to you for enjoying as you please. Rather, it is the most formidable enemy of one who is trying to practice devotional service in his spiritual body. But you, my dear mind, always depend on this body and try to squeeze whatever pleasure you can write you can write up to the limits of its physical abilities. For what you're you're not understanding, dear friend, is that this material body is insensitive, unconscious, and it simply drops down on the ground when your life is finished. So heavy. He's speaking absolute such powerful. He's saying this body is insensitive, unconscious. Our body is actually dead. The only reason we perceive life is due to the presence of the soul. But the body, is a bone conscious? Is your fingernail conscious? Is your brain conscious? No. Your body is insensitive and unconscious. It's dead matter. But we're trying to squeeze whatever pleasure we can to the limits of its physical ability. Eat as much possible. All these different sensual activities we've come completely absorbed in these things, neglecting our spiritual body, which is that which gives life to this dead material body. So this is text one. Text two, the handsomeness of this body, as well as its strength and abilities, do not last for very long. Therefore, my earnest request to you is that you please accept all these truths and don't become proud. The pure spirit soul and his spiritual body is eternal, and ever fresh. But such a transcendental soul meets his downfall when he becomes stupefied within the cage of the material body. Thus his pure spiritual life is choked as he is rendered insensitive due to enjoying the results of temporary fruitive activities within the shackles of karma. So he's saying the same thing that we're reading here in Bhagavatam, that we're being plundered by our senses, plundered and becoming stupefied by trying to, and becoming stupid also, by trying to enjoy the, the senses which compose this body. And in this way, we're, we're locked into the shackles of karma life after life. Text three. When an unfortunate soul is trapped in a dull material body, his riches are counted as the following. Our riches. Two eyes 
two ears, a nose, a tongue, some skin, etc., different fleshly opulences. Then numerous material desires arising from each of these fleshly opulences engage in a tug of war with the helpless soul and pull him in so many different directions. Just see, I say, just see the fearful predicament that has befallen the conditioned soul. The pure soul really wants to worship Krishna eternally, but somehow or other he gets absorbed in the fleshly affairs of the dead material tabernacle and thus completely forgets about his own eternal ecstatic nature. Such powerful preaching. Prabhupada, or Bhagavatam also mentions this, that our senses are likened to a man with five wives, six, six wives, five senses, Gyanendriya is in the mind. Six wives, and when he comes home, they all want his attention. So we're like that also. Our sense of taste wants attention. Our sense of hearing, a sense of taste, our sense of smell, sense of sight. They all want our attention. We're being dragged by our senses in the same way as a man with six wives. So let's read text four. So tell me right now, why does a spirit soul have to fight such a battle with matter? Just give up your attachment to temporary matter and wake up your soul by worshiping the Lord in your natural constitutional ecstatic position as pure spirit. Then, although still situated in your material body, you will become attached to your spiritual form and the material influence will gradually slip away. Thus, there will be no hindrance to your attaining the supreme goal of life. So, And what is that supreme goal of life? Going back home, back to Godhead. There's no higher goal. We shouldn't misunderstand that. People think, you ask people, what's the goal of your life? They want to eat, they want to sleep, they want to party, they want to have inappropriate relationships. They want so many things in life, but do they want God? They don't. Or one time, Srila Prabhupada was in Tokyo negotiating with Dai Nippon, the first printing company that printed the original Krishna book trilogy and the big uh, silver-colored Krishna books. So he was in a meeting with, with 15, 20, 30 Japanese executives hammering out a deal. And Prabhupada was a big account for them. So after the meeting, or during the meeting, everyone gave his card. So Prabhupada had a stack of 30 cards. The last junior executive there began talking with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada asked him, so what is it? <laughs> because whoever Prabhupada went, Yari Deki Darekaha Krishna Upadesh, he'd give Krishna. So he's, he's preaching to this young Japanese executive and asking him, what is the goal of your life? So his card, his personal calling card, was on the bottom of the stack of cards because he was a junior executive. So with a flourish, he took his card from the bottom and put it on the top and said, this is what I want in life. <laughs> to become the head executive. Will that protect him from death? Will it make him happy? It cannot, because he's pure spirit soul. And this is what Bhaktivinoda Thakur is saying in many different ways, in many beautiful, enlightening ways in this bhajan, that our real goal in life is spiritual. And unless we control our senses, our senses will plunder us and drag us into material life and all the assets of our life, which are meant for Krishna's service, our wealth, uh, our, our intelligence, our body, or whatever we have, madarpanam is meant to be worship, meant to be offered to Krishna. If we don't control our senses, 
then those assets will be spent, as this beautiful purport explains, will be wasted in sense gratification. And, and we won't have the opportunity to be blessed by offering money and different kinds of service to offer that which belongs to Krishna to Krishna. So senses are plunderers, but if we use the same senses in the service of the Lord, then we get the absolute highest benefit in life. We go back to Godhead and never again come back to this material world, this life of struggle. Because life in the material world is just undeniable. It doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, how influential you are, what your position in society is. It doesn't matter. Everyone has to struggle. It's a given. It's a, it's a common denominator up until life. So we finish all of that by this wonderful process of Krishna consciousness, which begins from hearing, chanting, reading Bhagavatam, holy name, Vaishnav Sangha, temple service. In this way we conquer these plundering senses and at the end go back home, back to God. And thank you very much for your kind attention. Does anyone have any comment or question? Hmm. Any Hare comment, question? Hare Krishna, Shamrasika Mataji. Go ahead, Mataji. Go ahead, please. Yeah, and you thank you for explaining Bhaktivinoda Thakur's um, writing and uh, explaining it very nicely. Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna. Yeah, very instructive, Bhajan. Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Yes, Bhajan. Um, so many things are registered in my mind, but the one thing that you mentioned, like the highest valuable thing that uh, the senses can plunder us, plunder us away was, is uh, Krishna consciousness. So that was like, that is like a reminder to remember whenever my senses are engaging, taking away me from Krishna. Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Yeah, this is our highest wealth. If you want to know what is the most valuable thing in life, then examine that thing that you can't purchase with money. These are the things that are actually valuable in life. The things that we can't purchase with money. And amongst those things, many of them are temporary. Family relationships is very valuable to us. We can't purchase that with money. Loving relationships between family, you can't purchase that. But it's temporary. Amongst all those invaluable things, the most valuable thing is our relationship with Krishna because that will carry us from this life to the next, for an eternal life. Krishna says. Okay, are we done? Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Hare Krishna Mataji. Can you hear me? Dandavat Pranam. Yes, I can. Shila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Very nectarian class. Your classes are always very hard so thank you so much for reciting so many verses you know, in connection with your class. And I loved your analogy that you gave <coughs> of cutting mango with a knife. You know. So yeah, the instruments. <laughs> yes. 
very nice. Okay, thank you all. Have a wonderful week. Hare Krishna. Jaya Srila Prabhupada.